if you're wise, you either come out of a situation like I've been through bitter and angry, or you come out grateful and more awake. Hmm. And I choose the latter, you know, not for the prosecutor's sake or the DA's sake, but for my own sake. You know, ultimately, we don't forgive for the other person's benefit. I mean, it's great if they accept it, but at the end of the day, even if they don't, we forgive for our own benefit. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible guest lined up for you today. This gentleman is one of my heroes in the personal development field. He has been one of the leading lights in the industry for many, many years. And he has been someone who has faced some incredible adversity as well. I met him for the first time last week at an incredible high-level mastermind put on by my good friend Robin Sharma called the Titan Summit. And he was the one of the featured faculty members. And I got to tell you, he was by far the most riveting, the most powerful. His lessons hit home for me. And that's why I'm super excited to have him here. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary James Arthur Ray. Welcome to the show, James. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate that. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here, my friend. Well, listen, I don't think that there's too many people who don't know who you are. You have a glorious history, and you also have had some adversity, and you've written a fabulous new book. And I think I'd like to start this off by having you just kind of introduce yourself again to our audience. Tell us your story. Well, let me see how, how well I can condense it, Nikki, because it's a galloping adventure, I'll tell you. The last 10 years of my life have been have been an incredible journey. And in fact, my entire life has been an incredible journey. I grew up a, a very, very insecure, uh, introverted child with a dynamic father, somewhat overbearing father. Got into studying very early. About 18 years of age, I started studying everything from all the great religions and spiritual traditions of the world to business, to mysticism, to quantum physics, to psychology. My traditional education is in behavioral sciences. So I really wanted to figure out how I worked, and hopefully if I could figure out how I worked, then I could make my life better because I, I was kind of – you know, as I said, shy, introverted, insecure child. Well, as I started to grow and expand, I, I got into AT&T and was really good at sales there, got promoted very quickly to sales management, went through a variety of jobs, ended up at AT&T School of Business as a C-suite consultant working with leaders 
uh, the CEOs, presidents, et cetera, of AT&T on things like leadership, communication, team performance, culture change initiatives. And then I left off from AT&T in 92 and started my own business and started off as a business consultant, which I still do to this day. And I've been really blessed, Nikki, to work with some of the biggest and the best. If you go to my website, jamesray.com, you'll see, you know, I've worked with the likes of Boeing Aircraft and Coca-Cola and IBM and, and many, many more, as well as a lot of entrepreneurial startups all the way up to multiple six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurial businesses. Then I... You know, I got into doing public events in around 1998, and that was a slow growth for me. It, it really took off very slowly and played a lot of entrepreneurial solitaire when I was uh, attempting to grow my business. And I'm sure you've probably played that, Nikki. Entrepreneurial solitaire is where you take all your credit cards and you throw them out on your bed and try to figure out which one still has a balance left on it, you know. <laughs> my God. <laughs> and, and if your listeners, uh, you know, are entrepreneurs, they can relate, I guarantee. And and I lived a lot of years on, on vision sandwiches and faith cookies and just – literally hanging on by the skin of my teeth. In uh, 2006, I was actually 2005, I was invited uh, as a labor of love, actually, to be involved with a documentary that was being filmed at the time called The Secret. And then it got turned into a book. And, and very few people know this, but we didn't get paid a nickel for that movie. It was all you know, a labor of love and, and yet it skyrocketed as you'll recall. And I was about ready to throw in the towel. I really was. I mean, it, it was a tough, tough climb. And then in 2006 it hit and, and Oprah called and Larry King called and my business just exploded in a great way uh, from there and started to grow faster than I could keep up. And that, that isn't always great. You know, be careful what you wish for. I mean, there, <laughs> it grew so quickly that our websites were crashing. The servers were crashing. Uh, the phone systems couldn't handle the, the volume of calls. I didn't have enough team members to handle the volume of business. My office was outgrown. I had to find a new place. I mean, like immediately. And that's what I call a high-level problem to have. And, and we all think – First world problems, right? Yeah, right? I mean, first-class problems. And so it just really took off, and I was incredibly blessed and, you know, skyrocketed to the, to the top of my career after all this, um, you know, hustle, as I mentioned earlier, uh, from month to month. And so that was great. And then in 2009, my company and I held a live event in Sedona, Arizona. And the long short of it is, is that we we had a experiential exercise at the end of it called a sweat lodge. And if anyone was in tune with the news at the time, they know the story. But three of my clients who had become friends because of the depth of the program and it was a very small group of people that was together lost their lives 
in October of 2009, and it was horrific. You know, it broke my heart, Nikki. And, and one of the things that was never covered in the media is that I, I mean, I really loved and cared for these people. I mean, if you've ever lost someone that you're close to or that you love and care about, you know how that feels. And there was where it, 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 it felt like it was more than I could handle, literally. I mean, it was just overwhelming because not only did I lose these these friends, now friends, once clients, now friends who had opened their hearts to me by nature of the program, we were diving deep into unresolved emotional issues, micro traumas, many traumas, self-limiting beliefs, doubts, insecurities, fears. And so they had disclosed these things to me and we got really close. And so when they lost their lives, it, it broke my heart. And not only did it break my heart just to lose them because I cared about them, but it happened on my watch. It was my event. It was my team. It was my company. It was my choice to do what we now know to be a dangerous activity. And and so I was responsible. And, and I still am to this day, Nikki. I mean, that's a it's a big burden to bear. And that's the price of leadership. You know, as you heard me talk about at the Titan Summit, that's the price of leadership. And if you can't step up to that, then you you better stand down because that's what it takes. You know, when something goes sideways in your business, it doesn't matter whether it's my former business, James Ray International, or whether it's a, an Enron or any, any of the large companies. There's one There's one person who's in the crosshairs, and that's the leader. And that's the person that stands in the position of absolute responsibility. And you've got to take that. You don't throw your team under the bus. You don't, you don't blame circumstances. You shoulder it. And it's tough. It's tough. And so that was another big blow to have to shoulder that, which I did do on top of the loss. And then it got worse. You know, the state of Arizona decided to charge me with a crime which was manslaughter, <laughs> which, you know, is kind of crazy when you think about it, because that's that's the same as a guy who goes into a convenience store with a gun and shoots, it's shoots the cashier. It's insane what they did to you. You know, it, it's, in, it's intentional harm. And, I mean, just not only from a moral perspective – was it insane? Thank you for that. Uh, but but even from just an entrepreneurial business perspective, I don't think there's any entrepreneur listening to us today who would intentionally harm his or her clients and think they're going to stay in business. I mean, it just, I mean, I, I'm a business person. And, yeah, unless and you don't they're, do that. A, unless help, they're a drug cartel, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you help your clients. And so exactly. it was the antithesis of anything I'd ever lived my life for. And, and so- you know, again, attempting to condense a, a 10-year journey, I got, you know, indicted, I got prosecuted, I got convicted, not of manslaughter, they they acquitted me of that, thank God the jury said no, there's no intention here, but I did get, you know, convicted of, of negligence, which basically says they're there are things that could have been done better. There are things that could that were overlooked. There were things that were missed. And I agree with that. I own that. I mean, God, I wish that weren't the case. You know, in retrospect, there could have been things more safeguards. There could have been something done better. It wasn't intentional, but I ended up, 
you know, losing everything. I, I lost my home. I lost my, my Inc. 500 company that it took me 20 years to build. I lost my life savings. Uh, all my so-called friends and colleagues literally evaporated like, like mist in the, in the noon sun. And all those who supposedly loved me, you know, either tucked tail and ran or some of them even flipped and went out in the media and jumped on the bandwagon. But the media literally crucified me. And, and, and I not only lost three friends, but I lost everything. And then I lost my liberty and I went to prison, came out in 2013 and I was homeless at that point. I, I was unemployed. I was just distraught and I was in horrible physical condition. I'd lost almost 40 pounds. I didn't need to lose. And I was $20 million in debt. And that was 2013, which is now, um, seven years ago. So it wasn't that long ago. And I was 54 years of age. And so, you know, you, you don't, you don't want to be in that position at any age, but much less, you know, at 54, where you have built and worked for 20 years to build something and then to be starting over from worse than scratch, Nikki, because when I started to begin with, I was completely unknown and that was tough. And I, I, you know, hustled my way to the top, but now I was infamous. You know, I had this scarlet letter and lots of uh, misunderstanding and lots of baggage and lots of trolls and lots of haters. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't blame them at all because I'll tell you this, if, if the only thing I knew about me was what I saw in the media, I wouldn't like very much. But, but the media, unfortunately, you know, their job is sensationalism. Their job is is to increase ratings and to sell advertising. And so as far as, you know, educating us on the truth, they, they don't do that because the truth doesn't really sell. So here we are in 2019 and, and, and I've decided to come back and get back into the leadership and performance arena. And it's been a, it's been a climb and I'm still climbing. I'm not there yet. I'm still climbing. James, there is a lot that you just revealed to my audience and I. And um, all I can say is, wow, what an incredible, riveting, powerful story. And I want to unpack a few of the things you said. So number one, this is something that most people aren't aware of. But unfortunately, the criminal justice system in North America is broken badly, badly broken. And the reason... The severely. State, the, yeah, severely. The reason the state of Arizona came after you is because you were a celebrity, period. They wanted a scalp to further the political careers of the prosecutors that came after you. That was all that was about. That's all. Um, I read Conrad Black's story. I don't know if you're familiar with Conrad Black. He I'm is, not. So let me tell you a story. Conrad Black was one of Canada's um, most successful financiers. He went to the UK. He became Lord Black of Cross Harbor. He owned a massive media empire called Hollinger International Inc. He owned all kinds of newspapers. And a fellow by the name 
of uh, Richard Bredesen, who was the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, he used to be the chairman of the uh, Securities and Exchanges Commission, was put on the board of Hollinger and decided to make a name for himself by taking Conrad Black out and saying, this, this is a international kleptocracy. This is a, this is a company that's trying to steal people's money. Now, he was the majority shareholder. It was a public company. But all he'd ever done was make his people money and grow his share price. And they went after him hard, 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 hard. And he ended up spending seven years in prison uh, over this. And um, he didn't do anything worthy of going to prison for. He made his shareholders a ton of money, right? And, and it's insane what happened to him. And, and it's insane that prosecutors are not held to a higher standard of conduct and held to account for this sort of thing. My personal opinion is that a prosecutor who intentionally mis, uh, misleads or withholds evidence should face criminal prosecution themselves. There should be special prosecutors set aside to go root out those kinds of folks, and, and, and the hammer of God needs to come down on them. So this kind of thing doesn't happen. What you, what you went through, listen, was what happened something that you could have done more to do in hindsight's 2020? Absolutely. Were there things that, that could have been different, diff, done differently? Absolutely. But to go after you for manslaughter, for manslaughter, when the, the heart of what you were trying to do was serve people, had nothing to do with justice and had everything to do with these prosecutors wanting to further their political careers. And to me, that's disgusting. And I wanted to say that on the record on my show. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, and you know, it's interesting because this, my, my new book, The Business of Redemption, um, has been a six-year labor of love to write six years and it's been edited more times than I can even count. It's been a major journey. And of course it chronicles the 10 years of my life since 2009, which, you know, this, this last decade ends on new year's Eve here in a couple of weeks. And it's been the most horrific decade of my life. And yet it's also been the most magical, which is, is, is very interesting. And I'm grateful for it. I don't want to do it again, but I am grateful for it. And the point is, is that to your, to your statement is that I've had a lot of different writing partners because this book is unusual. It, it's got a plot and, and you've read it. I've read and it's wonderful. And I and it's got a storyline which I've never written before. You know, my last New York Times bestseller was just personal performance and in leadership, and it wasn't. It didn't have a storyline, even though I do always tell personal stories in in my book. But this one was different, and so I've had a lot of people who helped me with this. And originally, you know, my first writing partner was a lawyer and she's like, we got to take them to the mat, you know, because there's public record of, of Brady violations, which, you know, a Brady violation is a suppression of evidence that was in my favor. And in fact, the state was fined for suppressing evidence. And, and that, and so to your point, I don't know if you knew that, but, um, and that's just the beginning. There were 36 counts of prosecutorial misconduct. Yeah, you wrote that in, in the book. I remember reading. And one count normally causes a mistrial. You know, one count can cause a mistrial. Um, so there's, there's so many things 
that happened in this, and it made case law. It's the first time in history of the legal, our current legal system that that something of this nature was prosecuted as a crime. It literally made case law. So what that means, Nikki, is that the the up and coming law students are going to be referencing my case in in law school because it made case law, and and so. I went through a whole host of emotions and animosity and anger, and and at some point in time, I had to come to terms and realize that you end up, if you're wise, you either come out of a situation like I've been through, bitter and angry, or you come out grateful and more awake. Hmm. And I choose the latter, you know, not for the prosecutor's sake or the DA's sake, but for my own sake. You know, ultimately, we don't forgive for the other person's benefit. I mean, it's great if they accept it, but at the end of the day, even if they don't, we forgive for our own benefit because, you know, no one's ever died from a snake bite. You know, the snake bite hurts. It bites you, and you're like, ow, it hurts, and it stings. But what they die from is the venom. Not getting the venom out of the system quickly enough is what kills you. And so I had to come to to terms, and it wasn't easy, you know, and come to a place. And so when my writing partners were going, let's take them to the mat. Let's expose, you know, what many people in the personal development industry did to you and how how they they mistreated you. And I mean, there was so much that that went down in this. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm just not. You know, I'm going to I'm going to forgive for me. And I'm going to, you know, take the it's like it's like putting a 45 pound dumbbell in your pocket or purse and walking around with it all day and thinking it's not going to wear you out. And, you know, it's going to bang into your desk when you get up and it's going to pull your pants down and it's going to bother you because you get this big 45 pound dumbbell. Well, I decided I'm going to be the guy who takes the dumbbell out of my pocket and just sets it down and 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 moves on and so I'll just 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 one last thing to that point is that my lawyers you know Munger Tolson Olson highest highest morals very ethical one of the best law firms in the world i mean they they manage Warren Buffett's you know, affairs for God's sakes. And, and they believed in me. They believed in my case so strongly that they wanted to do an appeal and I was out of money. They did it. They did it pro bono. And they were very, very convinced with all the things that I've just mentioned a couple of things here today, uh, that we would get it overturned. And yet I, when I got out, I was like, no, no, roll it up, guys. And they sent four law, and, and these guys charge like eight hundred fifty bucks an hour. I mean, it's crazy. Per lawyer, but, but <laughs> per lawyer, yeah. And they so they send four of them over because I was on parole for three months in in Arizona when I got out, and I had to stay there. And they sent three, four guys over, spent an entire day in the living room in this little apartment I was renting, attempting to convince me why I should not drop this case. And I'm just like, no, I, I can't. You know, I'm gonna forgive, I'm gonna move forward, I'm gonna let it go, and I'm not gonna take my family through that again, I'm not gonna take the families 
of my friends who died through that again. It's just, I'm not going to do that. And they weren't real happy with me at the time. But I still know to this day it was the right decision. Yeah, it was the right decision. And, you know, in your book, you talked about it. And you, you talked about it that it was the first leadership decision you'd made in a long time. But the fact that you made it was powerful. So, James, as soon as the Titan Summit was over, I had a day off. And then I jumped into another program, reviewed a program called the Landmark Forum. Are you familiar with Landmark? I'm, I've never been through Landmark. I'm familiar with what they do. I've had a lot of their their attendees come to my events. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they come – they tend to come to my events after they finish Landmark. And what I've heard – Consistently, and this is all hearsay because I, I have no personal references, but I hear consistently that there are some similarities, but my material has much more of a spiritual component to it that Landmark does not have. Yeah, Landmark does not so, have a spiritual component to it. However, Landmark is extremely powerful in terms of shining a big, bright light on one's blind spots. So I originally did Landmark 19 years ago, January 2001. And I, 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 I went all in at the time. I did a whole bunch of their programs. I became one of their introduction leaders. So I reviewed it a couple of times and then I stopped as my then wife and I, we'd been involved in Landmark. And when we split up, I just, I kind of wanted to get away from it for a while. So it'd been over 10 years. And earlier this year, this year has been a bit of a uh, an up and down roller coaster year for me. It started off very well in business, then we had a bit of a dip, and then we 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 had another upswing. And then my father, who's 81 years old, and in a home paralyzed on one side of his body, his bowels twisted up, and that's very dangerous because mm. uh, toxicity toxicity level could kill him instantly, like really quickly. And my right. my, my sweet Teresa's mother. Uh, has diabetes, and she decided that she did not want to take her medication, and she'd eat whatever she wanted whenever she wanted to, and that put her in a state called ketoacidosis, which is basically diabetes-induced dementia. And she was just forgetting things, getting angry for no reason. So all my attention, all her attention, went on dealing with our parents, <laughs> and our business for a while just stalled, right? It, it right. completely stalled. So I went in and I decided to do Landmark again because I just felt like I, I needed a jump start, you know, and Titan's wonderful and I, and I got a lot out of Titan and, and, you know, the faculty like yourself were incredible, but Landmark really has you like do a lot of deep work on yourself. So when I got in there, I thought, hey, I'm going to work on, you know, getting my mindset right, getting my business right. And instead, the moment I got in there, I started to realize that I had not been taking ownership and responsibility. And that was the theme from your book. I finished reading your book on the Thursday after the Titan Summit, the day before I went into Landmark, right? So that's the theme. And then I go into Landmark, and that's the theme. And I spent the next three days taking a lot of responsibility for things that I hadn't done well. So I, have, I had a business partner, he and I. Uh, ended up not being partners anymore, and he stopped talking to me for a while. And and, and I I was really hurt and upset by it, but I but I covered it up, and and I acted like, hey, I'm being so great, he's not talking to me. I don't even know why. And when I got into Landmark, I saw that what I need to to understand is 
I have a way of being. It's a default that I do when I think I have to win. And what I do when I think I have to win is I go dominate. I go push. I go try to force an outcome. And when I saw this over the last three days, I reached out to my partner. And keep in mind, he hadn't spoken to me in a year. He wasn't taking my calls, my texts, my emails. And I called him and I said to him, please call me back because he didn't pick up. He called me back. And on that call, I said to him, Michael, I want to apologize for this way of being that I brought into our partnership. And I realized this is what had you not want to be partners with me anymore. And I want to tell you I'm sorry. And he was quiet for a minute. And he said, I'm not going to disagree with anything you said. And then he said, I suppose I should take some responsibility for some things too. And I looked at him, James, and you and Landmark were infusing me at that moment, right? Your book. And I said to him, you don't need to take responsibility for anything. This call is not about that. I called you so I could take responsibility. For me, James, that's a huge win. Because in the past, I would go into these types of conversations saying, okay, I'll tell you where I got to take responsibility. If you tell me where you have to take responsibility, then we're okay. <laughs> right? Which is really not taking any responsibility right. at all, right? And right. brother, something I freed up between me and this man. And I'm, I'm free. I want to just tell you, seeing you do what you did and share your heart and reveal your soul at that event is what's given me the courage to go into this program, Landmark, and take it on to open myself up to something new. And I want to just share that with you because it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't seen you deliver that talk and if I hadn't read your book. So thank you. Well, I, that, that means a lot to me. It, it really does. And that's, you know, that, that, that makes it all worthwhile because I don't know if you've seen the documentary on Netflix called Enlighten Us, which is about my life story. And no, people ask me, yet. why mm -hmm. did, yeah, you, you know, people ask out. me, why did you do that documentary? And it's the same reason I did the book is, you know, my intention in doing the documentary and writing the book was to say to everyone that I'm blessed to be able to touch in, in any way possible. You have so much ability and power within you. And we forget, you know, we're all part of a machine that has conditioned us to forget what's truly important and forget who we truly are. And you know, so many times people say to me, I couldn't go through what you went through. And I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Um, you just, you know, and I'm not wishing that you have to or that you will, but you have so much power within you. And and so that's why the book was not easy to write. The documentary was even probably more difficult because they started shooting me literally the day I was released from prison. There were the the documentary producers were there with camera crew and and following me you know the day i was released and and seeing my reunion with my family for the first time and and all these types of things so it was not easy to do that it was anguishing but the reason that i i did it was because i wanted people and i still do i want everyone to see behind the curtain and that that doesn't happen in leadership and performance. You know, the nature of the business that that I'm in 
and many are in, is that we're up on stage and we're delivering, you know, our story or our content or our, our, you know, ideas. And people tend to go, oh my God, he or she has this perfect life and they're oh so dialed in and they're so heroic. And yet I've been behind the curtain and, and I know I know almost everyone in the leadership and performance industry, and I know that we're all human, and I know that we're all in our own way imperfect and fragile and broken. And I know that that we're not what people project upon us. And no matter what we do, Nikki, you know, I, I'll tell you, there were so many times people would come up to me and they'd be like, oh, James, you're so humble and you're so you're so kind. And I'd be like, no, I'm not really that humble. You know, sometimes I can really act like an ass. And then they go, oh, you're just so aware of yourself. And you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, I'm not aware. Sometimes I'm an ass. And, and they, and they, you know, no matter what you say, and I, I do my best, you know, it, it's interesting, and I'll let you reflect upon your memory, but when you, when you hear some people on stage, they're the hero of every story they tell. And, and I do my best to, to, to not be the hero. You know, you know, if you recall one of the stories I told at Titan, I'm, I'm like, you know, in my own arrogance and quite frankly, my ignorance, you know, here's what I was thinking because I was ignorant. And, and I do my best to do that, to be a human being. But no matter what you do from the stage position, people interpret it as, oh, he's so aware and he's so humble and he's so open and he's so kind. No, I'm just a human being. And, and I really wanted – and if you get a chance to watch Enlighten Us, you know – I'm Definitely I'm watch like, it over the holidays. I'm I'm like broken, man. I, I wanted, and I didn't, there's no editing, you know, I'm just like, I wanted people to see, here's this guy that was on Oprah and Larry King and the Today Show and New York Times and blah, blah, blah. And, and look at him now. He's, he's, he's broken and he's, he's hurt and he's, he's a, you know, just like me and my hope and prayer through that, as well as the book Redemption, Business of Redemption, is that people like yourself read that and and have some degree of hope for their own lives and some degree of realization that, hey, if this guy went through that, then maybe I can get through this. And and if this guy, case, you know, can can take absolute what I call absolute responsibility. For a situation like that, then maybe I can take it for me and my partner, my former business partner. And so long, long answer or response to your comment, but it means the world to me because that was my intention um, in everything I've done for the last you know, several years is to be able to, to hopefully inspire individuals like you and to empower themselves to do the things that, that you said you just done. Thank you. Your story is a very human story, and it really, in, in some way, is every man's story. It's every woman's story. You know, Joseph Campbell, 
who wrote that book, Hero of a Thousand Faces, has said that as human beings, we all have certain archetypes. And one of the archetypes is that of the man or woman who goes out there in, into the world with high hopes, with high beliefs, and then achieves some level of success and then has adversity knock them down. Right. And then the way that they find their way back after the adversity is what really fully develops their soul and what allows them to connect with their fellow human being at a far deeper and more powerful level. Listen, I loved James Ray from The Secret Days. <laughs> I bought the, the movie The Secret. I watched it. You were you were incredible in that. And I and I and I bought Harmonic Wealth. And in, in 1998, I was working for um, the telecom industry myself. Prior to that, I'd been working for a company in Canada that was bought out by AT&T. So we became AT&T Canada. So you and I have that in common. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 and I followed you because you had important things to say. And I still believe, and more strongly than ever, that what you have to say is now forged in the crucible of life and is so much more real and authentic. And we live in an age and a time where inauthenticity is rampant. It's the way of the world, you know? And to see someone actually stand up there, metaphorically naked and bloody like you, and authentic and real, it's just, it, it's just touching and inspiring and moving. And I want you to know that it's a true honor for me to have you reveal this to me and to my audience. Well, thank you. You know, I'm a big, big fan of, of Joseph Campbell, actually. And the hero's journey is, is everyone's journey. And, and the only difference is by degree. You know, I fully believe that what you're talking about, it's all, it's all hero's journey material. And again, when someone says to me, I don't think I could have gone through what you've been through. And I say, yes, you can, because you already have. Now, again, the only difference is by degree. I, I got hit and hit hard and I, and I got flogged in the public arena and I, and I'm responsible for that too, Nikki, because, <laughs> you know, if I hadn't put myself out there and been the guy who is on the Today Show and Larry King and Oprah and New York Times bestseller and, and all over the place, you know, then it wouldn't have been a big deal. So who chose that life? Well, I did. I did. And so I'm completely responsible for it. You know, and again, no matter how corrupt the legal system is, which it is, let's agree. And, no, you know, no matter how much is driven by by greed and and money and power, which it is, it, it really is irrelevant to the story. Because if I would have not put myself out there and driven so hard to be a, quote, public figure, it, it would have probably blown over because nobody really really cared. The only reason they cared, there's a couple reasons why they cared. You know, first of all, a lot of it and I've I've done so much deep deep contemplation of all of it. I had the time to do that in in prison, you know. One of the reasons was timing. You know, if you go back to 2009, well the the real estate market tanked in 2008. The banking system was crumbling. 
you know, everything was in disarray. Self-confidence was incredibly at risk across the board. And so we had this crisis of confidence. And what happens, unfortunately, in that kind of situation, and by the way, it's going to come again. Everything cycles. What happens in that kind of situation is exactly what happened to Germany when Hitler and said, let's find a scapegoat. And so if we can, I, I really believe, and again, I'm just reporting human psychology here. And I want that your listener to understand that I take absolute responsibility because I was, I put myself in that position. You know, it's like the the celebrity, the actor or actress who goes, I just want to I just want to be left alone, you know, or they they take a swing at a paparazzi. Well, well, who the heck created your life? You know, if you wanted to be left alone, why did you become an actor, you know, and and rise to the top of your game? It comes with the territory. And so that's absolute responsibility. But that being understood I became the poster boy for everything that people did not like about leadership, personal and spiritual development. I, I became the poster boy for everyone who had felt like they'd been wronged by everyone in the industry or they'd been shammed or they'd been, you know, some, something was disgruntled. And, and there's a lot of it out there. I mean, it's business. And of course that happens. But I became the poster boy. And, you know, now if we can blame James Arthur Ray for everything that's wrong about the industry, then I'm going to feel better. Well, no, you're not. But we think we are. And, and so that's the first thing. Second thing was that's actually the second thing. The first thing is, is just the timing. You know, it, it was a crisis of confidence. The economy was spinning. The the bank banks were crumbling. The you know people were getting foreclosed upon. And you you remember what has happened to the housing yeah, market it was, it was and all that. Crazy time. It's crazy, crazy time. time. Couldn't have been a worse time for for a situation of that nature. Plus, it was a it was a perfect tee up for you know it it to be considered crazy or absurd because it was a small event out in the desert in Sedona, Arizona. All right. <laughs> well, what, what people didn't understand is that, yeah, it was a small event in, in a desert and we were doing a sweat lodge, but you know, guess who was there? There were MDs in there. There were cosmetic dentists in there. There were seven figure entrepreneurs in there. These were not crazy or or uneducated or non-successful people. They were just the opposite. But it was a nice tee-up for the media to go, oh, here's here's this weird group of people out in the desert, you know, doing a sweat lodge. Yeah. I did a sweat lodge myself uh, earlier this year for the first time. I'm, 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 I'm part of a men's group. I, I became a part of a men's group ever since I got separated. And, and uh, one of the men said, no, no, we got to do a sweat lodge. We got to do a sweat lodge. So I experienced it for the first time. It's darn hot in there. I mean, insane. Yeah, it hot. is. I don't even know exactly how long we were in there. It was a good long time. <laughs> they kept bringing in more and more hot rocks. 
I, I uh, totally can see that, you know, not everybody should do it. <laughs> right. Um, I read in your book that uh, the folks that you rented the space from uh, had made some assurances in terms of the wood not being chemically treated and that there was no chemicals that had been used in the area because, like, chemicals can easily go into the pores once a person's pores have been opened up by that much heat. And none of, and, and all of that was not done, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's a shame. And it's a tragedy that three good people lost their lives over that. My, my take on it is there wasn't a need to, to compound that horrible loss by trying to destroy another good person who was doing everything in his power to uh, try to make a, a horrible, tragic situation better. So that's, that's my take on it, James. Well, I thank you. And, and, and here's, here's the moving forward decision and lesson is that if we look at what's happening in the marketplace today, and and I discussed some of this at the Titan Summit, but you know, 50% of the jobs are supposed to be gone in 10 years or less, according to Forbes. You know, people are losing their jobs right and left. 43% of the people surveyed are too exhausted to perform in their daily work. Every every 40 seconds, someone commits suicide in our world. 16.2 million people in our America alone are are depressed and on some kind of mental medication. And I could go on and on, but we're in a massively disruptive world. And so, you know, part of the lesson that can be learned, hopefully, through what I've been through is that you can make it. You can do this. You can turn it around because I'll tell you to be standing in the desert at 54 years of age and be homeless and and alone and to be in horrible physical condition and to have lost everything tangible and to be $20 million in debt. I mean, if, if you're, if one of the listeners today, if you're broke, my heart goes out to you, but I've got to tell you, broke looks good to me at, at that point, you know, broke was, was 20 million over my head to get to broke. I was so far under. And so here I am, you know, and I've married the most amazing woman on the planet, you know, for me. I've I've got a, a beautiful, modest, but yet beautiful home in Henderson, Nevada. I'm I'm doing what I love, you know, that all the restitution and all the debt has been retired and and it's only been, you know, set since thirteen. So that's seven years. And is it, am I completely out of the woods yet? No. But the point is, is that if you're facing challenges today, my encouragement to you is that you're on your own hero's journey and you are the hero and we've got to become the leader. You, you, you've got to become the leader because you are the one the world is waiting for. And you've got the power within you to do magical, amazing things that you've maybe forgotten or you've maybe been conditioned that are not possible. And there's certain steps you have to take to get there. You're not going to do that by continuing to do the same things you're currently doing and have been doing. But you've got to you've got to make the decision to reinvent yourself and to adapt continuously and you know, here's the title of the book to to get about the business of redemption. And redemption 
Nikki, is defined simply as to gain or regain something by paying the price. And you've got to be willing to pay the price. And, and what I find consistently is that all of us want to change the world. You know, we want to turn our country around. We want to turn our business around. We want to turn our relationship around. But we don't want to pay the price because the price is heavy to pay. And yet there's always a price for the prize. And the bigger the prize, the bigger the price. And there's only one place that I can find, Nikki, in this entire universe where you get the prize before you pay the price. And that's a restaurant. You know, I mean, you, you get the meal and then you pay the bill. But, but everywhere else, as far as I can tell, you pay the bill first. And, and then you get the prize. That was good. I didn't expect that. That was good. <laughs> uh, well, James, your book is called The Business of Redemption. You were kind enough to give me a copy and sign it for me at the Titan Summit. I'll treasure it. I'm going to go and, and buy uh, 20 copies of this for my clients and, awesome. and hand it out to them. Um, I think it's an important book. I think it's a powerful book. I do a number of uh, events on an annual basis. We've had um, some guest speakers join us through the magic of Zoom and Skype over a video conference. I've had folks like Dr. Ivan Meisner there. I've had folks like, I don't know if you've heard of a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. It's a Canadian company, but they grew very rapidly to a billion dollars, so the founder was there. I'd be honored if you'd consider doing some, something like that and sharing your story with our people, and I'll have a copy of your book for each one of them. So how can people pick up copies of the book? Well, it's not officially released until February of next year. So you're one of the few people in the world, Nikki, that has a copy right now. Oh, you, wow. can <laughs> yeah, you, you can pre-order it. Yeah, you can pre-order it. If you'll notice, the the copy you have says advanced reader copy on it. Um, I did see that. It, it's, it's complete. It's a complete book, uh, but it's not officially out until February 11th. But you can pre-order them on my website, jamesray.com. I'm not positive, but I, I think that it's now available on Amazon as well. And if it's not, it will be shortly. And, Wonderful. you know, February 11th is the official release date. But if you go to jamesray.com and you order there, then I'm, I'm signing all those books, you know, the pre-order we'll copies. We'll do it that way. And, <laughs> we'll definitely do it that way. Then. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, while you're there, you can check out, you know, please check out some of our upcoming events calendar. And, you know, we have a whole host of, of things there from, from coaching opportunities to, to business consulting that that I still do to this day and a lot lot more online online learning systems and and it, it's really it's a it's a great online resource for you and I hope that everyone will take advantage of it 100% we will we'll make sure we put all that in the show notes so your your lovely wife was telling me about the relationship seminar that you guys lead why don't you talk a bit about that because she wanted me to make sure that you talked about that today yeah well, you can measure the quality of your life by the quality of your relationships. And you heard me talk a little bit, Nikki, about how science now proves we're all connected. 
science proves that. And I won't get into that here today, but this, you know, obviously it's all relationships, whether it's with your kids or with your parents or, or your business associates, your former partner you were speaking of. This particular three-day experience is called the relationship experience. We're really excited about it. Um, Bersaba and I have been together for, for six years, and she's been with me through this whole hellacious ride. And so it's not like it's been rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> Far from it. It's been very, very difficult. And so we've we've really built our relationship because when I was standing in the desert in 2013, I didn't even know she existed. And here's one of the blessings. In retrospect, I know for a fact I would have never met. So loser, did I win? Well, I think I won, you know. And that, and, and and she's just one example. There are many others. But we've we've built our relationship in the in the in the fiery furnace and the crucible of challenge. And so we've got a really strong connection. We our first three years we were friends, just friends. She she met me in events. She said she wanted to apprentice with me and work with me. She came to work with me. I couldn't pay her because I was underwater financially. So she just worked gratis for three years, um, which tells you a lot about her commitment to what we were doing. And we weren't a couple. We were, we, she was working with me and we, we became best friends. And then three years in, we decided, you know, to, to level up and we did. And, and that's, there's a whole story to that one too. But I'll tell you the reason that we're so strong, both of us have been married before and, and, we sit down. In fact, we're going to do this next week. We're, we're taking next week off um, for the whole Christmas week, and we do this every year. We sit down and we we carve out our vision for our relationship, our purpose for our relationship. We carve out our individual vision, our individual purpose. We, we clearly define these things. We we define our values individually, and then collectively we come together and we see how those things work. We talk about, you know, how we need to tweak it so that so that we're a unit working together. And I I just don't meet anyone that does that in a in a relationship. Now, you know, again, I built my business career as a C-suite consultant. And so when I go in and my team and I go in to work with a business, we we do those things with a business. But. Man, your romantic relationship is way more important or at least as important as a business. And yet how many of us take the time to stop and really do that and communicate that and make sure that we define these things commonly? And so, you know, this three-day is it's called the relationship experience. And we've been talking about doing it for quite some time. And, and interestingly enough, we have a three-day experience as well called Leadership for the Future, which is based upon the five dimensions of leadership, which is a proprietary model that I have that I believe all leaders have to operate in all five dimensions. But we had a couple there, very successful couple, business is booming, and they 
got wind that we were talking about doing this relationship experience and they said, we got to do it right now. And so they, they pushed our hand. And so we, I, I sit down with, yeah, with Bersaba, her nickname is Bear because it's easier for people to say, but I sit down and said, Hey, let, let's do this. And so we're doing our very first one in, in January. And we're really excited about it. And we're going to do at least one more in in 2020 as well. And we're going to limit it because I, you know, the more time goes on and we're still in the process. You know, Nikki, the largest crowd I've ever spoken to is 17,000 people in Toronto. It's a lot of people, James. It's a lot of people. And it was a rush, you know, and. Rick Branson was there and I followed Donald Trump and, and before he was president and it was in Toronto and there were 17,000 people. And, and yet at this point in my journey, I'm open to God, to spirit, to the universal intelligence to guide me as to what is it we really want to do and what are we going to do? And I tell you, I'm, I'm really getting a lot of personal psychic reward from working with small groups because you can just you can just dive deeper you know and you can connect deeper and you can you can have greater rapport and and the big groups are this big buzz and they're fun but we're going to we're we're going to probably limit it to maybe four couples which would be eight people uh, at a time so yeah, so that we can make sure that we give every single couple the kind of attention that they deserve. So, yeah, that's the relationship experience. And we don't even have a landing page up for it yet. Um, we're working on it. I've got a, a really good um, person who writes car copy for us, and, and she's working on landing page copy. And Bear and I are going to shoot a video to put up. And it'll, it'll be up shortly after the first of the year. But that's... That's something we're super excited about because we know the power of it and we know what it's done for us. Oh, that's awesome. It sounds like you have at least one couple who are ready to go in already. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's on the boards. We're going to do it. It's January 16th through 18th uh, here in Henderson. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, that timing is going to be tough for us, but I'm interested in doing a future one because we have an event of our own. 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and we got to get uh, get prepped for that. But it sounds mm -hmm. fantastic. It, it so, really is. And I, and I can only say that because of the content, not because of us necessarily, but because of the content and what I know it's done to gel us. And I mean, you, you spend a little bit of time with us, and I think you can probably pick up the connectivity between us and, and how we work together. And in fact, you know, you saw that we even in presentation, she she runs all the audio visual and makes it magical while I do the talking, team. you know, so, you're a team. Yeah, you're awesome. A team. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. So, so James, that's fantastic. We're going to put this in the show notes. So listener, this is James Ray. He is truly one of the titans of the personal development industry. And he's someone who is authentic, who's real, who's got something valuable to share with you. Definitely get his book. In fact, pick up 10 copies and hand them out as presents as soon as the book comes out. It's that powerful. It's that valuable. I have to tell you, I have read 119 books in 2019. I keep track of them on goodreads.com. Okay, 119 books. Now, half of those are fiction. 
Uh, unlike our mutual friend Robin, I believe reading fiction is good for the soul. <laughs> I, I stand by that. He he's not a fan of reading fiction, and I think that's that's a mistake. But anyways, to each his own or to each her own. This is my favorite book that I've read this year, and I've read some absolutely incredible books this year. So I highly recommend that you pick up a copy. It's called The Business of Redemption. All the details for it will be in the show notes. If you want to get a personally signed copy, go to jamesray.com. That'll be in the show notes as well. And this relationship experience sounds like an incredible, incredible program. And you know, if you're in a relationship, a significant relationship, and if you want to take it to the next level, if you want to bulletproof it against any, any assault, any assault, whether an external assault or an internal assault, because the two of you aren't finding ways to get along, this is a fabulous opportunity for you to do that. So make sure that you do that. And here's another thing. You're listening to this and you're going, wow, you've got such an incredible guest on your show. You've got James Ray on your show. I love it. I love it. How can I become someone who overcomes my adversity like James? Well, I've got a couple of ideas for you. Number one, buy his book, go to his website, check out his experiences and events. Definitely do that. Number two, go to our website, which is called ecircleacademy.com. And our website, ecircleacademy.com, was created as part of our vision to serve you. And if you're listening to the show, you're an entrepreneur. And for me, you as an entrepreneur, you are the most important person in our society. It's because you have the courage to follow a dream despite fear, despite adversity, that you create a better world for your customers. You create jobs for everybody. No socialist listen to this show, thank God, because entrepreneurs are the backbone, the bedrock of a well-functioning and loving society. And it's really important for me that you win. And that's why I created eCircle Academy. That's why I do what I do. And on that website, there's a button smack dab in the middle of the page, and it's a button that says, watch free masterclass here. And there's a masterclass that's almost an hour long that goes into sharing some secrets on how you can get past your own internal knots and how you can create your life, your business as the best version that it can be. So make sure you click on that. And once you've watched that, if you're so moved then you can go and you can book a call with us. There's another button on that website that says book a, a, a free success call. And a success call is a call that's designed to help you really get past whatever's been getting in the way of making your fondest dreams come true. And here's the best part. It's absolutely free. Make sure you take advantage of this. So you go and you buy James's book, check out his programs and experiences, and sign up for some of them. This guy is one of the best there is. And then watch our masterclass and get on a call with us if you're so moved to do so. James, thank you so much for coming on my show. I want you to know it's been a true honor for me. This has been one of my absolute favorite interviews, and I'm 196 interviews in. Well, thank you. That that means a lot to me, and I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity, Nikki. I it's a it's a blessing, um, you know, because the state wanted thirty years, and if if they'd have gotten what they wanted, I I wouldn't be here with you today. And so, um, that's another great gift is the gift of perspective, and the gift of realizing that even the bad days are great days, and and. So I, I really, really appreciate 
the honor and the privilege, and you're doing great work, so keep it up. Why, thank you, sir. Thank you. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only James Arthur Ray, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes. Pick up a copy of his book. Pick up 10 copies of his book. Hand him out as gifts. Make sure you order him from his website so that you can get him signed. Check out his experiences. And to check out our masterclass, go to eCircleAcademy.com and to jump on a success call with us, do the same. Until next time, goodbye.